Okay, let's talk about WCW. Yeah. All right. First of all, before you came into WCW, they had um, the Renegade, who is played by a guy by the name of Rick Wilson, who's no longer with us. Yeah, he's dead too. <laughs> yeah, he's he's dead too. He killed himself. Um, he was obviously a clone of the Ultimate Warrior character. Were you aware at the time that they were even using like a ripoff of the character? Well, I found out, but you know, I mean, I was the real deal. I was the guy that did it. Right. I mean. Even stepping outside from having been the the owner and the creator and the performer of it, I just it was always amazing to me how anybody could think that's him, right. you know that's him. Um, so you were never offended. I well, I didn't appreciate it. Okay. You know, I didn't appreciate it, and for, I had a good laugh out of it because what I thought was was that they got together, Hogan and uh, Jimmy Hart and those guys over there. And Bischoff, and they really thought, and I really believe this, they really thought that if they did that, that I would track them down with gear bag in hand and say, how dare you do that? I am him. And I really thought that they were thinking that they were calculating that I would do that, that I would show up at the next TV. They were trying to draw me out. Right. And I thought, man, this is really funny. So um, what led to you coming into WCW? Who, who uh, placed the first phone call? Um... I had a conversation with Hulk probably in uh, 97 or something, he called me. Right. And he was uh, slobbering all over himself about how he was going to do all kinds of great things over there. And like that I should just show up to, to go along for the ride. I said, well, I'm really happy doing what I'm doing. I'm not interested in, you know, coming over there just to go along for the ride. Right. And... Uh, making it very clear that, you know, because he was going, talking about uh, the, um, talking about um, the, the authority he had over there to literally just write checks, basically is the way he was saying it, that they approached him, they wanted him in there, so he had the checkbook, and he was, could do anything. But also, in the same sentence, telling me, but, you know, I'm thinking things through. I'm not necessarily just going to be wild with writing the checks. Welcome back to another edition of Wrestling is Trash, a nonsensical podcast where we talk about professional wrestling past, present, and quite possibly the future. If I knew how to work my mixer correctly, I'd probably add the effect on there, you know, but whatever. Anyway, a couple things before we get started. You can follow Wrestling is Trash on Twitter at Wrestling B Trash. And you can also follow on Instagram at Wrestling is Trash. Um, you can be a part of the show by submitting your questions for us to answer here live as we record. And um, the way you can do that is um, by using the accounts that I just mentioned on Twitter and Instagram, using the hashtag wit talk. That's W I T T A L K. And you can send emails to mail at wrestling is trash dot com. And you can use your soft and savory voices to um, ticker our ear holes, which are tantalizing and tantalating questions that could be wrestling related or non wrestling related to 304-825-5762. That's 304-825-5762. Now we got another watch along and as per usual, we may have a watch along. We have the Wit Talk historian Jay Sandlin joining us today. B Rob, thanks for giving out your digits. I just put them on Craigslist. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but funny enough, um, I put that out there or whatever. I mean, for, uh, everybody knows casual encounters. <laughs> I put it out there, and I got some voicemails not too long ago, and it was um somebody playing a recording of somebody speaking in Japanese or Chinese, one of the two. I know it was a foreign language. No, that man, that understand. was Kaz Hayashi. Oh, oh the, the great Hayabusa. Kaz, he wanted to, you know, talk to the show or uh, or who was the one that almost got his wiener chopped off that time? Oh, that was Val Venus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they were going to chop yeah, off. Yeah, they was going. That, that, what was the name of that group? Uh, Kai and Tai. Kai and Tai, yes. Man, who, who, who sits around and comes up with, all right, so then uh, they pretend to chop off. Val Venus's wiener. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if Val Venus in some level thinks, wait a minute. Uh, will there be like an accident? I mean, will there be a, a mistake? Is this a real sword? What's going on? How real are you going to make this? All right. Two things. 
the leader of the group, the manager, I forget his name, but he died, um, I think, last week. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, who was it? I forget his name, but um, I, I remember seeing an article on him, but he just most recently passed away a couple of days ago. And two, the follow up to that whole thing, the lights went out and nothing really happened. And the follow up to that on the next program was Val Venus um, bringing out, um, what's your boy? I got his penis chopped off. Uh, the Bobbit guy. <laughs> yeah, that's why they did it. Yeah. Yeah. He, he said, thanks to uh, help from this guy and a little bit of shrinkage, I was able to get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> and a little bit of shrinkage. Yep. But we have a great watch along. You, you hear the, the the excitement in my voice. <laughs> so we put up a poll. Mm-hmm. And you I you know, I think I suggested this one and you were like, man, I hope that doesn't get picked. Yeah, and just because I said it, it happened. Um, let me even run through the poll results that we had. Uh, we had four options to choose from and when i do these polls and whatnot um me and jay pick a match that we really like and then um i usually take the other two options to be um touted as horrible matches in professional wrestling history so i mean we have a 50 50 chance on either end so we got two matches in there that we really like and then we got two matches that you know as a whole people don't typically like and um just to keep it random keep it interesting and the choices were uh this match that we're going to do today um, Hulk Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior at Halloween Havoc 1998. And the other choices that we had was the TLC match from WrestleMania uh, 17. Then uh, one of the matches that I picked as liking is Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, and Christopher Daniels in 2005. I forget the pay-per-view event it was. And then the other horrible match that was touted by the wrestling community was uh, Charmel versus Jenna. <laughs> in 2009 <laughs> at uh i think it was some tna event or whatever so by 41 percent hogan and warrior won this one and i'm just like at my end right now <laughs> well part of the reason is because you were just telling me before the show you've never seen this match exactly i have never laid and you you didn't watch it beforehand right no i did not so this is a totally new experience for me so we're we're, we're popping your halloween havoc cherry here yes because <laughs> i i was the opposite i was uh you know i was a kid when this came on but i ordered you know i i, I told my dad i was like dad call the call the cable company and order this that was that's how you had to do it back then kids yes and um, we we ordered Halloween Havoc. I was really pumped for this uh, entire card. Uh, it's a pretty good card. I'll go. We'll, we'll go over that. But the background: if you were watching WCW during this was the Monday Night Wars. Mm -hmm. This was when you know ninety eight things were at their hottest, and WCW was. Really, it, fe it felt like they couldn't do anything wrong at this point. <laughs> Boy, but we were wrong. <laughs> the cracks had started to show. Yeah. You know, they're, they clung to that NWO uh, storyline, you know, no matter what. And the Starcade 1997, almost a year before this, had a completely botched main event that left a lot of people with a bad taste. But 98 was still a good year. I mean, you could say that they were riding the wave, but the programming, uh, there were still things that people were tuning in for. You had, um, you know, Ric Flair return and reunite the horsemen. Mm -hmm. You had the NWO split into the Wolf Pack. Everybody makes mm -hmm. fun of that now and how it was a bad idea. Yeah. But the Wolf Pack was as over yeah. as any faction that was the first wrestling T-shirt I ever bought was NWO Wolfpack. Yeah, I think the first NWO shirt I bought was the red one as well, because red is my favorite color. The red and black. Oh, yeah. So WCW was, you know, looking for things to do. It had been rumored for a long time that they would bring in the warrior. You know, ever since Hogan came in, that was kind of an idea. Mm -hmm. And he shows up. Warrior showed up on Nitro. Got a huge pop. And I was I was someone who had not watched wrestling before. You know, I was, you know, I was a little younger, so I, I didn't catch the warrior in the WWF. 
but I got the energy. I got that everybody was excited for it. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is a really big deal. And I don't know if you remember the Warriors WCW debut, but it was problems from the start. Okay. Well, now I can kind of speak to this a little bit. Um, Let's do a time check. You say this was 98. You were a kid. So for me in 98, I was a sophomore in high school. Where where were you in history? (laughs) I don't want to make you sad, but I mean, I was in like the the fifth or the sixth grade. (laughs) And you know what, man? You're just so knowledgeable and you have like, you know, a mature aspect to yourself or whatever. I always think you're around my age. (laughs) Yeah. Stop thinking that. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) You're you're basically like the Ric Flair to my. uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. I'm going to have to drop an elbow on you and daggone. No, don't break it. Don't break your hip. Uh, But um, another thing with this. I haven't seen the match, but I I remember the warrior kind of being around. And uh, what I remember from this feud or whatever before this match happened was like um, Hogan. It was one thing that Hogan was like in the bathroom or something. He was in the mirror and warrior was on the other side of the mirror. He's kind of like seeing his reflection in the mirror or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff they were doing. I think they were trying to recapture some of the Hogan sting, you know, kind of magic with the uh the supernatural aspect to the warrior's powers the war in the time it was only a couple of months but in the time that warrior was in wcw uh he showed up for the first night and he made a promo on hogan and bischoff and um brutus the barber beefcake uh, who was playing the The disciple disciple at the time Never he made a program. He cut a promo on all of them, and it gets a lot of hate. I think it's actually a great promo, but it was completely shoot because he just went off on the hip, talking for over ten minutes, rambling, mm-hmm. and it wasn't in the good warrior way. There's there's warrior promos we all love that make no sense. Yeah, this one I thought it was actually I enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't get all the references when I was a kid, and it it was too long. But if you've not watched that, you should definitely YouTube it. Uh, Hogan and Bischoff in interviews afterwards have both said that they, you know, were in standing there in the ring and they were just trying not to look at each other because they're like, we, what is he doing? Yeah. <laughs> and and um, Hogan apparently got upset because the warrior in, in his term, uh, in his word, buried him in the promo. Uh, the the warrior said something to the effect of, you know, I didn't have to come here to beat you, Hogan. Everyone else already has. <laughs> and, and Hogan's like, well, why would people buy a ticket if you're, you know, just saying you've already beat me and everyone's already beat me? What's the point? What do you, what do you think about that? Is that a good point for Hogan or is he just being a, a prima donna? Uh, he's he being a little salty or whatever, because from what I understand, I mean, that was Hogan's place once he came over and the whole Hollywood turn happened and whatnot. And it was just pretty much um how people would describe it as the inmates was running the asylum. And you can kind of see a little bit of that happening um in some of the lower parts of TNA. Once Hogan showed up, I was like, man, this is a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so what? A, yeah. And like you said, though, they they went on this supernatural uh, track. The the warrior could appear and reappear out of smoke mm-hmm. Um he did appear in the mirror, and the funny thing about the mirror scene is Hogan could see the warrior in the mirror. Bischoff could not. Bischoff is like, what are you looking at? But the announcers and the crowd Can't acted as if they could see him too. <laughs> so it really just made Bischoff look stupid. <laughs> um the warrior also had the pot. He kidnapped and brainwashed the disciple and turned him to his faction, which there, it never took off. He was going to have a faction called the OWN, the yeah. one warrior nation. I own they, you. <laughs> that got dropped down. Um, and then they had that uh, infamous, you know, fall brawl war games match where the warrior, you know, did the, smoke appearance inside the cage but then that was a body double it disappeared and the real warrior runs in and immediately got injured just kicking off a gimmicked side of the cage oh no (laughs) injured himself doing three or four things so um that brought us to this match on halloween havoc which some you know starcade was the show 
Mm-hmm. But some might say that Halloween Havoc was WCW's biggest show sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I, from what we've seen of it so far, we did the Rey Mysterio Eddie Guerrero match. and this, We did? Yeah. We did. And this one took place on October 25th, 1998, the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Paradise, Nevada. And the card had 12 matches uh, the opening match, Chris Jericho, television champion, defeated Raven by submission. Mm. Jer- Jericho-Raven match, I mean, can't miss. Mm-hmm. Next match, uh, Wrath defeated the Ming. Uh, Disco Inferno defeated Juventud Guerrera for uh, a shot at the Cruiserweight title. Alex Wright, Wunderkid, defeated Fit Finley. Which, you know, nobody would believe that. And yeah, really. <laughs> uh, Perry Saturn defeated Lodi in a match. I think it was a nice three minute bathroom break. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Billy Kidman defeated Disco to retain the cruiserweight title. Uh, Rick Steiner and Buff Bagwell defeated the Giant and Scott Steiner in a tag team match for the WCW tag titles, which were then retired and never mentioned again for several, several months. Um, Rick Steiner then defeated Scott Steiner in a match late after that. Uh, Scott Hall defeated Kevin Nash by countout after Kevin gave Scott three to four very violent power bombs and then just walked out of the ring. Uh, in the longest match on the card, Bret Hart, United States champion, defeated Sting after Sting was unable to continue. Um, they used a Bret wrote about the match in his book this was a match to write sting off tv and give him some time off which seems kind of odd since he didn't wrestle the entire year of 97 except for one match yeah and (laughs) sting um brett beat sting with his own baseball bat uh it was made of foam brett talked about that in his book they had a foam baseball bat they used and then we had this match hollywood hogan defeated uh the warrior and then the final match, you know, there was some more controversy on the crowd, uh, on the card rather. Goldberg defeated Diamond Dallas Page in what most agree is Goldberg's best match in WCW. Yeah. But a lot of people did not see it because the pay per view feed cut off. Yeah, I remember cut that. Cut off. And they showed it again on Monday. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I was not one of those households. I got to see the whole uh, train wreck. Um, of course, when I, when you're a kid, you know, I didn't realize how bad it was, I guess. I thought this was a good show when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I agree that uh, DDP and uh, Goldberg match, that was Goldberg's best match. He was cutting backflips and doing all kind of crazy shit. And that was it was a, a 10 minute match. Yeah. It was actually the World Heavyweight Championship match was 20 seconds shorter than the Cruiserweight title match. Mm hmm on this card and then i mean is that due to uh goldberg's inexperience because i mean that's been talked about heavily in his uh the early run of uh goldberg in wcw it was he was what he was you know he had he was a quick explosive attraction Mm -hmm. and with his second run in wwe they did what he was good at they stuck with that and i i think they emphasized that and did it right that was why his uh, WrestleMania match with Lesnar, the second one, is probably just five minutes of perfect hard-hitting uh, performing, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Now, I mean, and that, that was also a testament to uh, what I say DDP, because, I mean, shit, he started wrestling at 35, you know, so <laughs> he was relatively new as well. But, man, dude was a great performer. Yes, but of course, what we remember about this card is the match. Well, what you remember, I haven't seen it. <laughs> well, I, I can't wait for your reactions. I want to get all your reactions here fresh, oh, B-Rob, yeah, and get what you think. I've got my I've got my network fired up. All right, I got mine fired up, too. For those of you who have the WWE Network and want to watch along, or if you've got um, alternate means of watching it, we are at, on the network, two hours 37 minutes, 44 seconds around that time frame. And um, if you are watching by alternate means, the timelines may be different. So we're at the portion to where the warrior is on the um, turnbuckles and it's 
uh, entrance gear and Hogan is down on the floor ranting and raving and pointing at him and whatnot in his ring entrance attire. So we're going to start. Hogan's ring attire for this match also consisted of that big feather white boa. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I thought about Hogan adding the boa to his um, ring attire. I, I, I didn't care for it let me say that as a kid i was like what's he wearing you know because he was kind of supposed to be this cool heel right yeah and it just made it more, I, I never cared for the boa yeah it just made him more hateable you know dislikable heat <laughs> got some cheap heat yeah he, he was that evil you spoke of he had all the cheap heat in the world i mean gosh i hated hogan so much he was such a great heel he um you remember the time he came out and uh, pushed Buff Bagwell over in his wheelchair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I wrote a letter after that happened. Like, honest to Thor, took out paper, you know, as a kid. I'm in the fifth grade or whatever grade it was. And, and I wrote a letter to Hogan just telling him how much, you know, how, how horrible that was. That he would push, push over Buff Bagwell after his injury. And, you know, that anything he ever stood for in the past was completely undone by, by that one moment. I was, I was a very uh, bothered 11 year old by that. Yeah. Yeah. Very passionate. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'll never cheer for you no matter what. Of course. Um, what, when was it that he came back in the red and the yellow in WCW? It wasn't uh, maybe a year after this. I'm not a hundred percent. Give sure. or take. Yeah, but it's that's just it's magical to, to that. That's how you turn the tide with him or whatever. You put on the freaking red and yellow, and everybody's like, "Yay!" <laughs> so you know, you got Warrior coming out, and he uh, in WCW only wrestled three matches. One was a tag match on Nitro with Sting, where he stayed on the apron and never even took off his coat. Uh, the other was the short appearance at Fall Brawl, and then there was this one. All right. So, I mean, all his matches kind of have asterisks. <laughs> He's like, yeah, he, quote, wrestled. Uh, but, you know, he one thing people noticed was he didn't often take off his coat. Yeah. And, and I wondered if it was because he, you know, didn't think he looked as big as he used to. Yeah. Well, let's let's start this thing up, man. I was getting ready. You, you throwing all them uh, historic tidbits at me and whatnot. We, we got to start this thing so we can get these reactions from me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought we had started. <laughs> God damn it, Jay. <laughs> Hold on. Let me just run my feedback. Then. <laughs> I was I was watching along and chatting as they were doing their pounding on the ropes. Okay. Two hours and 37 um, seconds. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Two hours, 37 minutes, 44 seconds around that time. All right. All right. Give us a countdown. B-Rob. Right. Three, two, one. Yeah, uh, the whole thing about the coat and whatnot, it was just like um, even many years later, um, I think it was um, in the 2000s, he made an in-ring comeback and his first match was with uh, Orlando Jordan. Yep, um, I remember. And I don't think he took his coat off then. I mean, he was an older gentleman. He he didn't have the long hair anymore and whatnot, but he was still a big dude, man. He just wasn't as, um, you know... He was, but he was not. I think he had to be the biggest dude. Yeah. I mean, he and just, like a uh, big Papa Pump, for instance, oh was significantly bigger than the warrior at this time, mm-hmm. f- physically speaking. And to speak of him, man, um, that was just a hell of a transformation as well. I mean, he was already a big dude, but like to see him change from the like the mullet like haircut and the uh, singlet to just coming back the one time with the blonde hair and just the even bigger physique i was like who the fuck is that i mean he i think look, he didn't look natural did yeah he? i think that even the announcers was like who is that and you know and then it was him scott steiner i was just like god damn what happened to that dude you know a scott steiner and warrior feud would have been a lot of fun just to put them in the ring together and let them talk to each other oh boy you got a 30 percent chance of the <laughs> freaking steiner math notice how much time warrior and hogan are taking here just to kind of walk around and not touch each other mm-hmm. you know hogan spent that time on the outside messing with the people and then uh now they're just kind of circling and you know looking for some cheap reactions and um when that happens in a match it's because 
they know they've got some time and they don't know how they're going to fill it all exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, so Warrior lays the first, you know, blow and Hogan mm. kind of falls down. He does his little Tarzan yell. Nick Patrick's like, hey, you can't punch somebody in a wrestling match, you know, even though that always happens in wrestling matches. I know, man. Oh, worth noting that Nick Patrick is the referee for this match. You know, Nick Patrick being the guy that allegedly botched the end of the Starcade main event. He says he did it because Hogan told him to. Oh, see, and that's what I was talking about earlier, man. The the freaking inmates was running the asylum, dog. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Because, I mean, obviously, if Nick Patrick had actually botched, you know, the biggest main event in WCW history, would he have been fired? He obviously so. wasn't fired. He's mm-hmm. still, you know, refereeing main event matches here. Oh, we got a shitty tie up here. Hogan laying some blows to the back of the warrior. Did you ever feel like the ultimate warrior at this point? Um, you know, he was the biggest baby face, you know, huge name in the early 90s. And this is 98. So 91 to 98 doesn't sound like a lot of time. But at this point, doesn't he look very dated? Yeah. I mean... Hogan went through a whole transformation from that um, red and yellow to, you know, just the all black and white. And I mean, there was some evolution in that character, but uh, like you're looking here at the warrior or whatever, it's just like he's frozen in time. Well, he's dressed like a girl's bike. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Did anyone suggest I even remember um, early Internet days. All right. When this happened and people would talk on the Internet. Uh, people would kind of say like, wow, didn't they uh, ban his colors like in the mid 90s? You know, is it, what, what should he have? I know that he was, an, you know, a nostalgia act, but he could have updated his look a bit. You know, his tag partner Sting definitely did. Now, let's let's even talk about that. Um, even current day. All right. This is all that we've known the warrior to wear, to be like, to to be this person or whatnot, to have him debut here at this time in WCW in something totally different. I mean, how do you think the reception would have been? You know, just like, who the fuck is that? Like how I was telling you with Scott Steiner, he came back a totally different person for the most part. And, um, you know, I just kind of feel it was the same way. But what I mean by current time, Roman Reigns. All we've mm-hmm. ever known him to wear is that freaking vest and pants and the gloves and whatnot or whatever. If he changed anything that he had, I mean, how would people receive that? You know, how, how would you think they would, you know, take to that character? Well, I think that change is always met with hostility in general. What about when Jericho first went from the long tights to the short trunks? Yeah. I, I I think it should have been the opposite. I mean, I didn't have a problem with it, but I think now more current, uh, he should go from the small tights to the long tights. Oh really? You've given this some thought. Yeah, you got the little the, the little daddy pooch up front. I mean, I don't think no. you, need to wear the little tights no more. But I mean, that's only been true as far as um his small stints here currently in WWE. Been wearing the small trunks, but when he does his New Japan thing and whatnot, and just the promos that he's been doing for AEW, he's yeah. been wearing longer pants. So I and now we see that. Warrior giving Hogan a blowjob. Yeah, again, <laughs> give him that blowjob, getting down there. And see, this is a what a replay of um, their previous match at the Mania, where where Linda will not go. Mm. Yeah, but they, you know, why did the Mania match between these two work, and why didn't this one? I want you to think about that and tell me what you think at the end, because again, you've never seen this match. Mm-mm. So so far, what are you thinking, B Rob? I mean. I believe they're just trying to milk the crowd for a reaction because, I mean, right now they're just kind of playing off um, with the power spots, kind of how it was in their first match that I've saw the, of them in um, at that WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is just a callback right now, what I'm seeing. And how is it? How's it working? I mean, for this, I mean, even looking at it now here in 2018, this was 98. I mean, I'm not really feeling it. I mean, I've seen this before at this time. And it's just like it doesn't fit here, you know, just kind of like I was saying, he looks warrior looks like he's been frozen in time and whatnot. And it's just like they should be doing something else. I, I'm Googling pictures of Mandy Rose, actually. Oh, 
Oops, I don't blame you. I would rather <laughs> I would rather look at Mandy Rose right now than this. Which, um, what are your thoughts on Mandy Rose, by the way? I mean, as far as in ring competitor, I've really not watched a lot of the current product, so I've not seen a lot of her. I, um, well, I, I guess I have seen a lot of her oh, yeah, yeah. on uh, other sources but as i i don't have any thoughts i i don't have anything to judge um on first glance i mean she looks like someone who was hired you know is more of a model than a performer is that fair to say or do you think she has some chops uh yeah i think i believe it was that she was on uh tough enough oh i remember i i couldn't stand her on tough enough she was uh she acted terrible oh. to to chelsea yeah they're running the ropes and Hogan catches Warrior with a power slam. They're kind of going, oh, he knows Zelda and he's up. Scoop slam. Scoop slam. Man, the, uh, that's going to be the most technical wrestling we see is the scoop slam. Yeah. And then Too Warrior bad. starts doing a fist pump that looks like he's shoving a dick in his mouth. Oh, okay. That's horrible to say. <laughs> <laughs> but then Hogan again, he just gave Hogan a blowjob. goes down to his knees. That's the closest thing to a bump he you know likes to take. Yeah, and he went over the top. He's outside the ring. There's a spot coming towards the end of this match that I can't wait for you to react to. I'm just going to, I'm going to warn you before it comes, but I, I can't wait for your reaction. Cause you know, the feeling is that they, you know, these are two guys who have been around a while. I mean, they're not in their primes. Yeah. They've both got their own injuries. Warrior was just injured last month at the previous pay-per-view from running to the ring, essentially. Mm -hmm. So there were, they were limited in what they could do. And, they had a lot of time to fill. So that's why they're doing these long-term, you know, not lockups and tests of strength and, you know, the crowd. But uh, there, there's a spot coming that's just hilarious. You know, remember we talked about the, the supernatural elements? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll keep that in mind. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll warn you when we get to it. But honestly, I mean, this is basically, from what I've seen so far, a classic good guy, bad guy match, you know? So, hey, Mandy Rose. Oh yeah, or or Alexa Bliss. Oh, I'm I'm going with Mandy Rose. <laughs> I'm I'm going with Alexa Bliss. I mean, I like Alexa Bliss, but I I I, I kind of favor. Uh, oh damn it, that was a horrible ref bump. And then he go hit think him with Alexa Bliss's um, character, her personality. Um, I mean, she's already a ten, but it makes her number one to me. Well, yeah, I mean, in that aspect of a uh, performance. Uh, as a performer and whatnot, yes, Alexa Blix is uh, on top. But she's a whole package for me. Mm -hmm. um, she's well, she's really short for one thing. I was about so. to say so she would be a small package. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I um oh the Giants coming. You, you see in this Paul White. Yeah. Coming in the Great White, going over the top rope. Giant did not have a lot longer left in WCW at this point. Mm -hmm. And of course, Warrior. Ducks. There's the best bump of the night. And then, oh, here come the rest of the troops. You got the interference. Virgil's coming in there. And I like how Virgil kind of leans in, waits for his cue. Instead of attacking Warrior from behind, I guess he hopped up there a little early. Oh, uh, well. And there you go. Everybody's got a price. And Virgil's price is about uh, three fifty and a can of tuna. And there you go. We got Stevie Ray, future uh, WWE Hall of Famer. <laughs> oh, got to love Stevie Ray. Now, there's the, the count. And, you know, you, you get that warrior screwed because he actually got a count, even though I don't think he did much of a move on Hogan. I think we're getting close to the spot I was warning about. Oh, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about, but we, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, they, and they're talking about this backdrop right now. Oh. <laughs> and now after that stunning move, I mean, warrior amazes everyone by kicking out. Like, how could you ever kick out of a standard, uh, you know, Backdrop. What, what, yeah. backdrop. Yeah, just a standard backdrop. How could he ever kick out of that? He's taken so much damage. Now Hogan is kind of lightly tapping him on his back with his knee. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's what I'm saying, man. This is just a classic bad guy, good guy match, man. It's just. Uh, I I can't call it classic, B Rob. I mean, it's just it's it looks like it, well, let's it's say old timing. The, the the timing is off. Yeah. Uh, now Warrior is thrusting his pelvis. <laughs> Yeah. Trying, trying oh, to gain the the strength off. from the blue chew. Oh. His blue, his blue chew is just about to kick in. B Rob. Oh no, not the blue chew. <laughs> and now Hogan's got the belts. You know, Hogan used that belt, never disqualified or reprimanded for it. I mean, that was kind of 
I know kayfabe is dead, but they didn't even try to pretend. Now the ref is pulling his hair. Referee. Yeah, the ref was just pulling his hair. <laughs> he's like, put that weapon back around your waist. You can use it later. He's like, okay, okay. And it's funny because like you, you you doing that uh, that over overdub right now, and I'm looking at it with no sound, so it looked like you're saying what the referee is actually doing. <laughs> Let me tell you something, brother. I'm gonna stick him down here. I'm gonna give him a scoop slam. Better than Ezekiel Jackson can ever do it. And now it's time. Oh, the warrior moves out of the way. Warrior moves out of the way. And now we're coming up, uh, I believe, on the spot. It's going to be, uh, well, all right. So Hogan's frustrated. You know, he's like, I got to do something to win the match. Uh, Warriors smacks him down again before the term SmackDown was invented. And he's going for his little splash which I always thought was such a lame finishing move. Now, now that Big E does it, it's pretty cool. <laughs> well, no offense, Big E, but I, I don't think just kind of falling on the guy is that great. Unless you're like Vader sized, but even Vader would get up and fall down from you on, you know, the turnbuckles. I mean, God, Vader was a, for, for being his size, mm-hmm. he could, he could go better than either of these guys ever could yep. in their primes. Very, very agile, man. We need to watch a Vader match sometime. I'm thinking uh, maybe the flair for the gold at Starcade. Are we going to one year? Are we gonna, oh, and now Warrior is going to rape Hogan. He is taking off his belt. Hey, no and, means you know, no. No means no. <laughs> no means no, Warrior. No means no. Be a star. Right. Uh, you know, it'd be funny if Nick Patrick just disqualified him for using the belt in full view like Hogan did. Now, uh, we talk about Vader matches. Let's watch the match that he had on Boy Meets World. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, who was that against? <laughs> no, I think he was just playing around, and I don't think he actually had a match, or did he? It was kind of like one I, of I, I remember Corey and Sean were there, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Vader was a face. You know, he was he was supposed to be the champ, but Vader was never a WWE. Was he in WCW or? Oh, all right, here it is. Now, what do you see Hogan doing? Oh yeah, yeah, I do remember. This is one of the things I seen. He getting a little. He's trying to pull out some. Looks like he's trying to make some meth in the corner. Hogan yeah. decides he needs a, some meth. Maybe he tries to light this paper. It goes off in his own face. Yeah, <laughs> and the story was that he was going to throw a fireball in the warrior's face. Like he's, you know, Mario with yeah. the, and the warrior goes and kicks in the corner. <laughs> Because yeah, he's because yeah. he's supposed to be selling that he's blind, so he decides to act like he's blind anyway. But I think I think he just says, "I ah, forget it," and he says to Hogan. Nice job, dumbass. <laughs> yeah, I see that. Yeah, I, I've seen that in many gifts and whatnot because that it went off way too early. Much like Hogan, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that tape. <laughs> yeah, he, he. Well, you know, n- neither did I. Um, and Warrior going up to the top rope feels about as like a good idea as Sid Vicious doing it that notorious day. Yeah. The- uh, Unvery, uncharacteristic of the war. And now H- Hogan has cut himself open, you know, from from what? I don't know. He's well, not really thing. taking damage. Well, that's the thing, though. The, the flame went off in his own face. So I guess he's selling that. <laughs> the the announcers wanted didn't know what to do. You know, you can hear them. They want to sell it, but they, they can't. They have to say he was going to blind that man. Oh, and, you oh, know, we're let the big Hogan leg drop and I think he's just going to give him another one. Oh, and here is wrestling's most underachieving superstar, <laughs> Horace Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> Got a job probably making, you know, well over six figures. I don't know. Let's see how much was Horace Hogan making. Why did Horace Hogan have a job, B-Rob? I have no clue. You You really don't know why? No, I mean, did, did, wasn't uh, I don't really remember, but wasn't a gimmick that he was Hogan's son or some shit? It wasn't a gimmick. He was actually Hulk Hogan's nephew. Oh, okay, close enough. <laughs> yes, although he was trained by uh, Boris Malenko. Uh, is that Bischoff? Yeah, that's Bischoff. Oh yeah, Bischoff's in there, and he's mad at Nick Patrick for you know he's like this is for Starcade last year, and uh, the one two three, and there you have it. The end of a match that would earn a negative five stars. That's minus five out of five stars. The lowest ever for a WCW match in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. 
and readers of the publication also voted it the worst match of the year. Uh, readers of Power Slam cast the same vote. Editor Finn Martin called it one of the worst matches ever held, and the Standard Times dubbed it worst match of the decade. Oh, man. It wasn't good. Like mean Gene, you know, described the contest as a disaster. Yeah, I, I can I can see that. Yeah. Well, Hogan felt that the uh, the spot with the, the fireball is what really ruined it. Uh, I mean, it certainly is that didn't the help. Only? <laughs> that, and, you know, I, you got to say, hope people, you know, talk crap about Hogan, but he actually takes the blame. He says that was 100 percent my idea. Instead of lighting the flash paper and throwing it, it instead blew up in his own face and it legitimately burned his mustache and eyebrows. Oh, shit. So the uh, the ending was kind of improvised mm-hmm. uh, and Horace hit the warrior um, with what some called the most unsatisfying chair shot in history. Um, but what most people said was the the two guys just didn't get along. They didn't gel. Yeah, and it, it was evident or whatever. I mean. I haven't watched the uh, their WrestleMania match in many, many years, so I'm going to go back and put eyeballs on that. But, I mean, it was just a different time between then and now, you know, just um, from what we've seen um, from in-ring competitors compared to here in 98, what we would see, you know, many years later, just the style has changed dramatically, just the times have changed dramatically or whatever. And this wasn't a wrestling match that fit for this time frame. Well, the Warrior um, had one more appearance with WCW. It was the next night on Nitro, and he showed up and gave a little promo about you know other battles, and then the NWO came out, and he chased him out of the ring, and he was never seen again in WCW. The, uh, the Warrior himself commented on this uh, run. He says they, being Bischoff and WCW, used Ted Turner's check book to buy me to come back to lose a match to Hogan. It was repulsive to me when I finally realized it. And if I would have known, I never would have went back for all the money that they gave me. Mm. In response to that, you know, Bischoff says that's ridiculous, not true. Those who are holding this belief are drinking their own Kool-Aid. And Bischoff claims, you know, that WCW hired Warrior at a great expense and, you know, um, it was not to massage Hulk's ego. They were looking for a good program. It's There's no definitive answer as to why the Warrior never worked again. Um, apparently, Bischoff says that Warrior wanted a ridiculous amount of money to continue – and after this, they weren't really willing to pay it, so they just parted ways. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe that was would be only fair or whatever. You know, as yes. far as from the Warriors standpoint or whatever, I mean, man, I just went through all this bullshit or whatever. If you really want me to stay, you're going to have to really pay me some money for me to do this shit again. Yeah. And really, what else were they going to do with them? Exactly. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, but... I don't know, man. It's just freaking. That's a legitimate question. If the warrior had stayed in WCW, what would his next program have been? Mm. You know, and just, I believe if he would have stayed any longer than he did, that kind of would have like, uh, detracted from, um, his, uh, WCW. I mean, not WCW, uh, WWE shit, you know, um, he, out of all the people that have been inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, he has had the most poetic of uh, entrance and whatnot. He he came in, they gave him his uh, Hall of Fame thing. He started doing stuff with the company as far as uh, advertising for commercials. They put him in a video game and um, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. He came out on Raw that following Monday after uh, the WrestleMania where he was inducted and then he died the night after. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you nailed it. So that's freaking crazy, man. And I believe if he would have stuck around any long in WCW, it kind of would have skewed the timeline and anything like that. And then, I mean, who knows? I mean, it's just I think about little things like that. If he would have. Well, I think he would have worked. Judging by the match, he may have worked with the Giant next. So, you know, you could give Warrior, you know, they probably would have wanted to give him a win 
yeah. after taking that loss. Let him let him beat the giant. Might remind people of you know Warrior and Andre. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know that the Warrior was Andre's final opponent in the WWF? I did not remember that. It was really at that point Andre was just main an attraction that yeah. they would use for several house shows, and he was losing to the Warrior on all these the string of house shows and at the matches the warrior the the matches would last like maybe a minute andre they would do a spot where andre would get tied up in the ropes yeah i remember those warrior would take the win and andre completely no sold it because he didn't respect the warrior he um he would lose the match roll out of the ring and just walk away to the point that even some people in the crowd were like bullshit um and the story is that Andre, you know, the warrior worked very stiff, you know, in his younger years and that Andre, um, he was getting stiff with Andre and Andre one day just held out his fist and let the warrior run into it. <laughs> they said they never had a problem again after that. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and, see, and yeah, man, and I think toward that time, I mean, he, his injuries and his just the pain he was in was catching up to him and whatever as well. Yeah, a Warrior Giant program would have been awful. I mean, they would have had terrible matches. I don't think they would have. And I don't blame, you know, the big show for that. Um, you know, that he he can have great matches. Um, he's had good ones with guys like uh, Sheamus, for example. Yeah. But I I don't know what he and the Warrior could have done together at that time. Um, I I really, though, think the best money to make with Warrior back then would have been to put him up against Big Papa Pump. Yeah, two big dudes. Just let him talk. You know, they don't have to wrestle. They just talk to each other. Just have him talk to each other. The, you know, Warrior could have Rick Steiner on his side and, you know, Papa Pump would have, you know, Buff on his side if they, you know, whatever. And it, they'd enter the ring and Warrior would be like, from the depths of the pit of parts unknown, I come to face you, Scott Steiner, and you will be eliminated. <laughs> and, you know, the Steiner would be like, let me tell you something, boy. <laughs> One day I'm going to own a Shawnee's. And you're never stepping foot in my shonies, especially wearing those tassels like a damn girl's bike. <laughs> There's nothing finer than Scott Steiner. Holla if you hear me. Yeah. I mean, does he own a shonies? He does own a shonies, yes. It got broken into, and they. Uh, you could probably find the clip on YouTube. Somebody broke into Scott Steiner's showies. They interviewed him on the news, and apparently the local news didn't know who he was, and they just had an interview with him, talking to him, just real casual, like, and here we are with the owner of showies, Mr. Scott Rick Steiner. And he's just standing there like, yeah, they, they broke in, but you know they didn't get all the stuff, and blah, 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 blah. And apparently later, like thousands of people called in saying, you idiots, that was Big Papa Pump. <laughs> it, it, gator, it got around a bit. That was how a lot of people figured out that he owned um, a Shoney's. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, man. You got to diversify your portfolio. I mean, you just can't be on all wrestling making that money work for you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I think next time we do a watch along, we should add uh, a third person, maybe a, uh, a an actual wrestler. So we don't sound like a bunch of ignorant marks. Yeah, I, I think we should do that. I, I can I can make that happen. <laughs> OK, you ever uh, follow? Um, I know you probably got some ideas. There's one I like following on Twitter. Uh, Taylor Hendricks. You remember, Ta- you know, Taylor Yeah, yeah, yeah. from. Uh, yeah, she follows me. I follow her, but she'd be I think she'd be a good one to have on. You might try that. Okay. By the way, um, we didn't really talk about it at the top of the show. Have you uh, been enjoying my new podcast? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Uh, what was the name of that thing again? <laughs> ah, the, you piece of shit. Uh. <laughs> no, no. Jay Sandlin's What Happens Next. Yeah, yeah. I've listened to the first two episodes. I haven't got to the part two of uh, the Spawn Sidekick joint yet. So I'm, uh, I'm going to jump on that. But I've been enjoying it. I've been enjoying it. 
a lot of energy going around in there. Um, <laughs> the freak. So, for, if you haven't listened yet, uh, the show is "Whose Line Is It Anyway?" Mm-hmm. for comic book nerds. We are a panel of writers, and we are playing improv games. So everything we say is a first draft, and uh, the parsecs don't matter. You know, the parsecs are like a, a Northern Light suplex in a warrior match. Doesn't matter. We um, we actually had a lot of wrestling references in our uh, most recent episode as well. Uh, but what happens next is where we get together and we tell a story. We take one story prompt, uh, like B. Rob mentioned with Spawn's sidekick. You know, Spawn holds auditions for a sidekick. Uh, Rocket Raccoon gets thrown into an arena death match. Uh, whatever the prompt is, we just take it and go different places with it. We also play uh, other improv games like The World's Worst. Uh, We do tell a story in 15 seconds, then five, then zero. We've got a lot of other games coming up for future episodes, so uh, stay tuned. And I I did have a question for you in regards to your show. All right, the parsecs. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought this was a measurement of a speed or distance in the Star Wars universe. All right. What do I say about the parsecs? They don't matter. This is true. It, it so. doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't like matter the, about your parsecs. It doesn't matter. Yes. That's the that's because that's the point of the show is everything we're doing is a first draft. We're just brainstorming, we're being creative, and we're encouraging others to do the same. If you are writing something, if you have an idea, maybe it's just a note on a text message you wrote to yourself, go after it, develop it, play with it. Don't be afraid to fail and don't be afraid because if you don't fail, you never tried, mm. you know, much like this match we watched today. Yeah. <laughs> but it's our hope that people, um, you know, would tune in and listen to a panel of published writers and if nothing else, get some good comedy or maybe get some encouragement. Cause we also offer tips and ideas in the midst of all that, uh, you know, chaos mm-hmm. uh, for people who might be trying to pursue their dreams. So you can find all the episodes of Jay Sandlin's What Happens Next at jaysandlin.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter at jaysandlin underscore WHN. Also, Instagram and Facebook at jaysandlinwriter. Yeah. And um, as mentioned previous, you can follow Wrestling is Trash on Twitter at Wrestling Be Trash and Instagram on Wrestling is Trash. You can find all the episodes on Wrestling is Trash dot com. And there is some merchandise that you can get your hands on, just like Jay Sandlin did at Random dot com forward slash merch. Yeah, I posted a picture of myself when the show came out What with, with the episode. They can see it on my Twitter. Yeah, sweet. And uh, with that being said, on behalf of myself and Jay Sandlin, the Wit Talk historian, we wish you a fun to do and we'll see you next time.